Calvary. Good to see you this morning, and uh, so glad that you are here. Thanks for taking the time to worship with us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, whether you have it in a print or digital form, that's where we'll be. And uh, while you're turning there, we're going to um, kind of, and we have been throughout the course of the year, but we're going to spend some time in the book of Ephesians. Um, and I'm not, honestly, I'm not really sure how long we're going to be here um, not, not today, like I know when we're done today, that, not, not that. Like, I'll have you out by four. It's going to be awesome. You're good. But um, in the book of Ephesians, we're, we're going to spend some time here, months probably. Ephesians is, is one of my favorite um, books of the Bible, and it's such a powerful book because in the first three chapters, Paul gives to us extraordinary theology. He gives us principles about who God is and what Jesus has done for us. Then, in the last three chapters, he takes those principles and he makes them very practical. And he applies them to our lives, really with a practicality that you, you experience in very few other passages of Scripture. So we're going to take some time to do this. And, and what we'll do, even as we go through this, is I want to unpack even more why I think Ephesians is so critical for us not just in our time and culture, but I really do believe for us, there, there's some real uniqueness in people who live in Toledo, kind of a connection with this book, and I'm excited to see how God's going to use this. And so we're going to spend some time here, and today we're just going to start at the beginning. So if you have your Bibles, look with me at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Let's just jump in. The Apostle Paul, St. Paul, is writing this, and he says this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not familiar with the, with the New Testament or the Bible or the structure of how these, these different books of the Bible are laid out, much of the New Testament is composed of epistles. An epistle is a letter that was written by an apostle or one of the leaders of the church in the first century. And they would send these letters to churches because Paul was in one place and he was sending this letter to a city and he was telling them what it meant to be a follower of Christ and he was encouraging them to persevere even through hard times and he was telling them how they could live out their faith. And so the, the, the apostles wrote these letters to people or to places. Paul wrote this to a church in a city called Ephesus. And the people who lived in Ephesus were called Ephesians. In the same way that people who live in Toledo are called Toledoans, these are the Ephesians. So that's why we call this book the, the letter to the church in Ephesus or to the Ephesians. And so Paul wrote this. And what's interesting about this book in particular is that he wrote it to a church where he spent more time than any other church. These, these were people that he knew. These were people that he loved. And when he wrote these words, he wasn't just writing to random, faceless figures. He was writing to people who he'd prayed with, people who he laughed with, people that he probably led to Christ, people that he'd shared meals with, people that had influence in his life and he had influence in theirs. So when you read this, this isn't just like some kind of random thing. When he wrote this, he knew them. In fact, when he said those words, when he said to God's holy people in Ephesus. He was thinking of faces. He was thinking of names. He called them the faithful in Christ Jesus. He knew they were faithful because he knew where they'd come from. He knew where they were. He knew what they'd been through. He knew their stories. Next four weeks, we're gonna be in a, in a series of messages that we're calling stories. And we're gonna spend time in Ephesians chapter one. And I don't wanna just talk about the theology of Ephesians chapter one, I want to talk about the difference that it makes in our lives when we live it out. 
And so each of these next four weeks, we're also going to hear a story from someone in the church and talk about how a relationship with Jesus Christ has changed their life and the difference that it's made. So we're going to look at these stories as we go through here. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul knew their stories. We're going to share some stories with you. Look at verse 2 before we get there. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that that cool? When Paul's writing to them, the very first thing that comes to his mind is praise. Because he knows what God has done for them, and he knows the difference that he's made. So the very first, he can't just keep it theology. Right away, it stirs up inside of him. He's got to thank God for what he's done. So the very first thing he says, verse 3, he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's something powerful when you praise God, isn't there? It makes a difference in your life. When you take your focus off of your circumstances and you put it onto who he is, it makes a difference. Next next Sunday night, so at 6 o'clock next week, we're going to have a night of worship. We're going to invite you to join us for that. It's going to be a really special service. Um, Our worship team's going to lead us. We will have extended times where we we sing, we'll be worshiping together. We're going to have a special time of prayer together. And uh, I'd encourage you, make it a priority if your schedule allows to be with us next Sunday night, night of worship. Here's why this is really significant. For some of you, you may be in in a really unique place in your life where the most important thing you could do would be to set everything else aside and take some time to praise God and then be in a place where you can receive from him. Does that make sense? Next Sunday night, don't miss it. Something powerful. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Last commercial, okay? Verse 3. Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What he says is that what Jesus has done for you is pretty extraordinary. And I don't want you to forget it because I know your story. And so today, I want you to hear the story of, of, uh, of two individuals who just in the last couple of years have had an encounter with Jesus that has transformed their life. And I want to put that idea of God's blessing in our lives in, in front of you in a tangible story form. So if you would, please turn your attention to the screens. My name is Brandon Glonick. I'm Matt McCormick. I grew up in a Catholic church. Uh, my entire life I was very involved with the church. Growing up, I actually never came to church. I remember going maybe three times. I kind of fell away from the church. I was like a runaway child almost. I knew nothing about it. I was never interested in it, never had those morals. Getting involved with things that I shouldn't have been, things that I'm not proud of. And just kind of lost, lost and hopeless. I was almost ashamed to, to even talk to God at, at one point. I was actually uh, pretty depressed in college. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I actually have a good friend, Connor, who goes here, and I can't thank this man enough for just continuing to invite me to this group on campus called Chi Alpha. You know, after about, <laughs> it must have been 20 times, he invited me in. I finally said, yeah. One time they forced me into going on a retreat in January. I made every excuse not to go. I told him, Oh, I have to work. I didn't have money. My birthday is on that Saturday. I don't want to be gone for my 21st birthday. And you know, they're like, oh, we have it paid for. I don't know how it happened, but you know, you know, I was getting a little more comfortable in the church atmosphere. That was the first time I really went to church. And you know, I was getting into music and stuff like that. And Greg came over to me and asked if I was ready to take the next step. And I wasn't quite sure what he meant, but you know, I felt sure, why not? <laughs> so he gave me the little prayer to say, followed along and I just remember crying the whole time 
I, I could tell I was forgiven and I could tell that I have a purpose. You know, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how it is. You just have to experience it. You have to experience his presence, his, his love and everything. It's unparalleled to anything, anything that you've ever done in your life, any love you've ever had in your life. And not everybody grows up in church, but it's, it's never too late to, to give your life over to God. And um, it might sound kind of crazy to somebody who hasn't grown up in church and, and heard anything about it, but you, you won't know until you give your life over. And the second you do, you'll see so many things just take off. And, you know, I, I feel like I have everything I can, but it's crazy that it doesn't stop there. You know, there's always more. If I feel like I have everything, there's more he can do. Father, lead me and I will follow. Equip me and I will build. Open my heart, pour into me. My heart aches to be filled. The great I am, almighty king, my God, my great defender. I need you more than ever now. Through water I surrender. Cleanse my soul, relinquish sins that damage my esteem. Let me see me how you see me, righteously redeemed. I wanted God to know that I was in a, I was in a position to receive him. I was, I was ready to surrender um, and I, I fully believed that um, being baptized in the water um, would change everything. That, that I, would, I would be let go of that, that the tie um, that the devil had on me, that the, the tie that sin had on me. As a Catholic, I was baptized as a child. As an adult, um, I went in there and, and I thought about this to the point where it just boiled up and, and you kind of get everything outside of your skin and it creates almost like a dirt on your skin and, and you go to the water and, and, and you're, you're cleansed of it. And, and coming up from, man, like coming up from that water was, was just such a, exhilarating, relieving feeling because I just, I literally felt like, like God had cleansed my soul. Coming here to Calvary, I, I learned that that relationship is mine and, um, and having that relationship has made all the difference. It's allowed me uh, to, to open up to Christ and um, to start to, to see myself, how he sees me. Everybody's, everybody struggles. Everybody, everybody has that, that, that season of their life where things don't make sense and you're you're just at the bottom of it all and you feel like god how how could you leave me here i'm i'm drowning god will never give you more than he knows you can handle he loves you uh he loved you before you were you and that's why you're you although that struggle is real the bible tells us that you will overcome that through christ god is living inside you and he's greater than anything outside of you it's a it's a game of patience and obedience it's a it's a game of knowing that there's nothing bigger than god um there's nothing he can't handle you're not going to run into a situation and, and god say well hey i haven't seen that one yet it's just a matter of being being patient and obedient and trusting that that god uh knows exactly what you need and on the other side of it uh, is something greater than you can than you can ever imagine so heavenly father we come to you today and lord just in these last few moments i sense that already you are stirring something in some people's hearts and lord we've heard a story from two individuals today of the difference that you can make in a life. And Lord, in this room, watching this service in some way, are individuals who even though they hear that's true in somebody else's life, they're not so sure what difference you can make in theirs. Maybe they're facing dark times Maybe they're up against a lot of questions.
Maybe they're looking at painful circumstances or um, costly ramifications. But God, you're, you're in this moment speaking to hearts. And so we praise you because you are the God and Father who wants to bless us. So as we look at your word, would you show us not only your heart, but show us our own and speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's cool to hear Matt and Brandon talk about the, the ways that God has changed their life through a commitment to him. That's what Paul's talking about when he says we praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. So what does that mean? So what I want to give you today is three ways that God blesses believers that we see here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Now, there's more than just these three ways that, that God blesses believers. I just talk about this verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. What does Paul say to us here? What ways does he give us in which God blesses believers? A couple of things real quick. One, when I use that word believers, I'm using it kind of specifically. Not just those who say, yeah, I believe in God, but those who actually live like they believe. There's a difference between just knowing something and if you do it, Right? And a believer is someone who takes what they believe, takes their faith, and then they put it into action. Sometimes we use the term disciple, or we'll use the, the phrase, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, whatever it might be. What we're talking about here is more than just, I know something, but that I choose to live it out. I am a believer. That's who Paul was writing to, the faithful ones, the believers in Ephesus. That's, that's who we're talking about. And, and that means then... That those of us who are in this room today may be in a couple of different categories. On, on the one hand, you may say, well, Chad, I'm not a believer. <laughs> you know, I'm listening to this message, but I'm not, I'm not really a believer. Or maybe you say, well, I'm not, I'm not yet a believer. Like, I'm, I'm curious, I'm here, I'm trying to figure out, but I just don't know. I don't know about this whole Jesus thing. I don't, I don't know about how that affects people I know and the, the things that, I just, I don't, I don't know. If that's you, and, and you're not sure whether you'd call yourself a believer or not, in these next few moments, would you be sure to listen to what God's word says to us? Because I don't want you to miss the beauty of what's here. The second group of people, maybe those who say, yeah, I'm a believer, and maybe you're new to your faith in Christ. Maybe it's, it's something that's fresh to you, that like Matt and Brandon in that video, God's done something in your life, and it's, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. I want to challenge you, don't lose that. Hold on to what he's done. And then some of you, like me, are, are what we would call, this is the category I fall into, I'm, I'm an experienced believer. I've been around for, this is not my first Sunday rodeo, right? I know what I believe, and I've lived it, and I believed it a long time. But the danger can be that as I continue to believe, I begin to forget just how important these blessings are in Christ Jesus. I can get to the point where it's been around long enough that it starts to get stale for me. And I hope that God's word will help to remind us just how fresh God's promises are to us. I want to give to you today three ways God blesses believers. Here's number one. First thing, we are blessed in another realm. We are blessed in another realm. And all of the Lord of the Rings fans around here said, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> We're talking about other realms. We got hobbits and elves. And this is awesome. Bring out the dwarves. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. As cool as that would be. Here's what Paul says. He says, we, we give thanks to God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who blesses us in, he talks about heavenly realms. What he's saying here is this, is that there is a world outside of the world that we see, and it's very real, and it's very important, and it exists, but what you and I see in the physical world, in what we will call earthly realms, is actually not the reality of everything that takes place around us. 
The truth is that there are heavenly realms. That there is another world. There is a place where spiritual things take place. And the things that happen in that spiritual world, in those heavenly realms, affects and, and, and has, a, has a true bearing on what happens in the earthly realms in which we live. Now, you're going to hear this as we go through the book of Ephesians over and over again. In fact, Paul talks about it later in chapter 1. He talks about it in chapter 2. He talks about it in chapter 3. Much of what he says in chapter 6 is built on this whole idea that the world in which we live is not the only world, that there is a heavenly realm that there are things that happen that we do not see that affect the world around us. Now, that may be a little bit creepy, but, but do, if, if, if your mind isn't attuned to that way, but do you believe that that's true? Thank you, both of you. And, and the truth is, there is this. Paul stresses this over and over again. And here's the idea. What happens in realms that we do not see affects us on a daily basis. Here's, here's maybe the best way that I can express this to you. Except for maybe a few, like choice select few of you. And I know that there's some of you who are probably in this room and maybe even watching online somewhere. Except for a few of you who are um, involved in this whole thing. There's a group of people who meets. We don't necessarily know who they are. We don't even know where they meet. But they make decisions that affect the rest of our lives. They do and say things in private places that then bring pain to us, that hinder us, that cause distraction and frustration to us, and actually have a way of, of determining the very course of our lives. And when this select groups make their decisions, it ends up with orange construction barrels all over Toledo in the summer. <laughs> right? And you know nothing about it. You're just driving along, and then one day, boom, you got a roadblock, detour. There's these decisions that are made in another realm that affect you in your earthly realm. Does that make sense? Now, that's, that's just driving. That's just silly, but there's a spiritual one that happens in that same way. Paul says there is a heavenly realm, and the things that happen there affect us every day whether we realize it or not. What do we know about it? Well, here's, here's a few things. The first thing we know is this, that Jesus is in the heavenly realms. That's where he is. Sometimes people go, well, where, where is Jesus? What's he doing now? You know, I'm so thankful that he sent us the Holy Spirit so that the presence and power of God is with us every day. But what about Jesus? Well, here's what scripture tells us, that he's in the heavenly realms. Ephesians chapter one, verse 20, speaking of God and his power, it says he exerted his power when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That's where Jesus is. He's seated at God's right hand. That's a pretty good seat, isn't it? Best seat in the house. In fact, it's the seat of power. It's the place of authority, and that's where Jesus is. How do we know that? Because in the book of Colossians, as Paul's writing about what Christ did on the cross, he helps us to see that there's these other powers and influences in the heavenly realms, and Paul says this, chapter 2, verse 15 of the book of Colossians. He says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Get this, Jesus is not only in the heavenly realms, but he's in the place of authority in that place over every other power, over every other influence, and he has the best seat in the house. That's where Jesus is. That's the first thing that you really need to know about these heavenly realms. That's critical and important for us to know because of the second thing. Not only is Jesus in the heavenly realms, but watch this. Our place is in the heavenly realms where we actually belong. 
where our home is, where we aren't right now, but where eternally we are supposed to be. It's in these heavenly realms. How do you know that, Chad? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a pretty good word because it says that you have an assigned seat as well, and it's right next to the seat of power. So in the heavenly realms, that's the place where you belong. Look, if you, if you, had, a, if you had a spiritual passport and you could pull it out, the cover of it should have no earthly nation on it, but when you look inside, it should say that you're a citizen of heaven, right? That that's ultimately where your home is and where you belong. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul writes, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the good news. This is what we know, that ultimately where we belong, our place long term, is in these heavenly realms, and there's a seat saved for you, and it's right next to the seat of power and authority. That's a pretty good neighborhood, right? Now, that's critical for you to understand because of the next thing that Paul tells us about these heavenly realms. He says not only is Jesus there, not only is your place there, but he tells us that the battle is in the heavenly realms. That the battle is in the heavenly realms. What, what, what battle are you talking about? <laughs> I thought Jesus gave me peace and love and joy and freedom and purpose and life. He did. However... It's really good for you to know that you also have an enemy. Jesus told us that there's a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. That does not sound like a friendly neighbor. He's your enemy, which means he wants to take you out any way that he can. So whether you like it or not, you're in a battle. Here, here's what Paul says about that. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 that God's intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So there's, there's something that's taking place there. There's a, there's a battle that's taking place. And don't be confused by it, because sometimes we get confused and we think that what we see here is what it's really all about, when ultimately it's really about what's happening in the heavenly realms. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, familiar passage, Paul says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so what he's saying to us is that there is more going on than what you see. There is a battle that's taking place, and it's taking place somewhere beyond what you and I can com uh, comprehend and understand. It's in these heavenly realms. And as important as that is for you to understand, it was hugely critical for the people to understand in Ephesus. See, the city of Ephesus was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire at the time, and it was actually uh, quite, a, quite a tourist destination, and here's the reason why. On one hand, people would travel there because it was a beautiful place, port city, beautiful things to see, but the, the centerpiece was a temple that was there to the kind of the patron goddess of that city. As we, as we go through the book of Ephesians, we're going to talk about this more and more. You'll see this. But there was a temple that was there to the goddess Artemis was her name. She was referred to as Artemis the Great 
of the Ephesians, and she was called the queen of heaven. She was a fertility goddess, and people all over that region would worship her to the point that this was a city that was very familiar with spirituality. It was familiar with idolatry. It was familiar with things that we would call sorcery and dark magic and witchcraft. There was a spiritual presence that was there in that city to the point that it would bring fear to the people that lived there. And if you read through um, the book of Acts, when, when, when Luke writes to us in the book of Acts about what happened when the church came to Ephesus, you see this played out so strongly and so clearly. So know this, the people that he's writing to, these Ephesians, they knew what spiritual power was like. They knew that there were things that happened that you did not see because there was so much demonic influence in that city. And so Paul says to them, look, when you fight, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You fight against these spiritual powers because the battle is in heavenly realms. And he says, you know what else is in heavenly realms? Your place. Because you ultimately belong there. And you know where you belong? You belong right next to the guy who's in charge. And that's good news, isn't it? So when you face your challenges, when you face your problems, realize that the things that you're up against might not always be what you think they are. Because Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The problem is we forget that. And we start fighting battles and wrestling things that we didn't need to in the first place. I had some... uh, and you've, you've had this happen to you where you put all kinds of work and effort into something and you realize that you're doing the thing that, that it's the wrong thing. <laughs> you're trying to fix something and you're not even addressing the thing that's actually really wrong with it. I had some real minor plumbing stuff uh, that was going on at my house not too long ago. And I'm like, I can, I can fix this because I'm, I'm a genius. The, the genius switch has no off position. So I will fix this. This is what I'm, I'm going to do. And so I did it and I realized real quick, I have no idea what I'm doing, Right? But as I'm in the midst of this, I take this whole thing apart. I do all this work only to realize I'm not addressing the real problem. I'm doing all this work when the real problem is actually this, and I've, and I've missed the whole thing. And we do that in our lives all the time. We spend effort. We spend energy. We fight things where the real battle isn't really there. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So understand this. The person that you have the issue with that's, that's not really the issue because you're fighting a spiritual battle. Your sickness, your finances, your family, your school, your job, those things that seem to be coming down so hard on you and against you, understand, I know you're going through stuff, but recognize that at the end of the day, what you're really fighting is not that person or that temptation or that lack or that sickness. What you're fighting is a spiritual battle. And it's taking place in a heavenly realm. And we've got to see that and we've got to recognize that, that the battle is taking place there. Because it'll change your perspective. See, it is in the heavenly realms where the destiny of the earthly realm is determined. It's in the heavenly realms where the destiny of the earthly realm is determined. Last week, if you were here last week, Pastor Bill mentioned um, that he had seen this movie called War Room. Anybody else seen it? Man, if you haven't seen it, Pastor Bill told us last week, he says, look, I encourage everybody to see it. And I'm like, well, if Pastor Bill said it, I'm going to do it. So after church, we went and saw the movie last Sunday. It was really good. And I would encourage you, if you get a chance to not only support efforts like this, but it'll, it'll challenge you. And largely it speaks about the idea of prayer and how what we do in prayer has powerful effects in the world around us. Because what happens in the heavenly realms, when we fight our battles there, has tremendous power on what happens in the earthly realms. It determines the destiny of what happens here. Does that make sense? This is huge for us to remember because our earthly realm is a mess. 
Anybody looked at the headlines? Man, it's a mess. Think about just the last month. You got Planned Parenthood videos. You got Syrian refugees. You got ISIS attacks. You've got police shootings. And you've got um, politics. Man, do we have politics. And there's no end in sight, right? It's going to be a long 16 months. What do you do in the midst of all that? It's not even to mention um, the things with um, that clerk in Kentucky, Kim Davis, that um, she said she took a stand for her faith, and now she's in jail. Man, that's a complex issue, isn't it? Tells us a couple of things tells us that um, our culture is changing around us, isn't it? And it tells us that we need to stand on, on guard and protect our religious liberties. Would you agree? But I also would tell you, I also would tell you, <laughs> this, this isn't a cut and dry thing. I mean, this is, uh, this is complex. And I've spent a lot of time going, what does this mean for us as believers? What does it mean for the church? What is this, what's, our, what's our response to these different things? How do, how do we live this out? And it gets confusing in the whole process. And, it, and it's important for us to remember one thing. And, and I don't have time to unpack the whole issue today. We don't, we don't have time to kind of, and we'll, we'll talk about these things more, especially as we get into the book of Ephesians. How do we live out our faith in a culture that's opposed to us living out our faith? Here's what I do know. I do know this, that even as the culture changes around us, the war that we're fighting is not against flesh and blood, Right? It's what's happening in earthly realms has to do with what's going on in heavenly realms. And I need to recognize that as I fight that battle, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. I'm fighting this battle in a place that's my place, and my place is right next to the guy who runs the place. And so that's a good thing for me to know. I read a quote this week that was helpful for me by H.B. Charles Jr. He said, we face a changing culture by faith in a changeless Christ. We face a changing culture by faith in a changeless Christ. It's a good word, isn't it? And one of the blessings that we receive as we put our confidence in him is that we are blessed in another realm, which takes us to the second thing that I hope you'll, you'll see about the ways that God blesses us. Number two, we're blessed in spiritual ways. We're blessed in another realm, and we're blessed in spiritual ways. I, I, love, I love what Matt said in that video that we just watched a few minutes ago. He said, he said um, look, he said, I, I, I try to explain it to you, but you won't get it unless you experience it for yourself. You know, he, he talked about the fact that, that uh, Greg, who's Greg and April sitting right down here, who, who lead the Chi Alpha ministry at UT, um, Greg, you, you asked him, man, do you want to take that next step in your faith? And when Matt was willing to do that, he says, man, I prayed and I knew I was forgiven. There was something that was going on in my life. And if you've not experienced that, you can't fully understand it. But if you have experienced it, then you know there's these spiritual blessings that God brings. And what he's talking about is not just like a drip here and a drop there. He's talking about this continuous flow of spiritual blessings that God has for us and he wants to give to us. It's not limited. It's kind of like an eternal Niagara Falls. And he's got that for us. And he wants to pour that out in our lives in a way that we can know and that we can understand. And we say, well, what are those things? How, how does that fit? Well, Paul tells us. So he says in verse 3 of Ephesians 1, he says, look, you have been blessed in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. And then he says, let me tell you some of what they are. Now I want to read for you verses 4 through 10 of Ephesians chapter 1. 
And, and we don't have time to kind of dig this whole thing apart and touch on every one of these things. But know this. This is good for you to know. In, in, in our Bible, as we read this in English, they've, they've broken it all up into sentences. So there's periods and there's commas and there's punctuation. In the original Greek, this whole phrase here from, from, from verse 4 to 10 is all one big long sentence. It's like Paul said, you want to know what your spiritual blessings are in Christ? Man, buckle up because I'm going to tell you. And Paul goes, <gasps> takes a deep breath, and then he lets it out, beginning with verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Isn't it wonderful to be chosen? Were any of you ever the last one chosen in gym class? Man, I feel your pain. This is therapeutic for me just to talk about it. But we've been chosen. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth earth under Christ. Paul says, did you hear what I said to you? <laughs> in him, you have everything that you need. In him, you have redemption. In him, you have forgiveness. That sin that you've been carrying around, you don't have to carry it anymore. In him, you have purpose, and in him, you have life. In him, you find the source of all things, and you find wisdom, and you find understanding. And when you don't know what you're going to do, Paul says, it's all right there. Now, there's some powerful truths in that scripture. What we do sometimes is we take a passage of scripture like that that seems real theological, and we can have a tendency to just roll right through it, just kind of read it to get to stuff that maybe is a little more practical. But there's a lot of deep theology there. And sometimes what you need to do when something's deep is you need to wade in it a little bit. I challenge you, if you're wondering what spiritual blessings you've received in Christ, take those verses, Ephesians 1, 4 through 10. Wade through that a little bit. Think about what it means that you've received Christ's spiritual blessings. And maybe, maybe the best way for you to do that would be to stop and say, what would my life be like if I didn't have that? What would my life be like if I hadn't received that blessing? I take electricity for granted almost every day until there's a blackout. And then I'm like, where's my, what would I do without it? <laughs> need electricity. What would your life be like without forgiveness? What would your life be like without hope? What would your life be like without his purpose and his love? Where would you be without him? Because that helps us to think about how great it is that we have those spiritual blessings in our lives. And when you, when you think about those spiritual blessings, think, think about these things first and, and just a few things to just drop on you. We must not mistake spiritual blessings for physical prosperity. We, we've got to be careful that we must not mistake spiritual blessings for physical prosperity. Because sometimes I think we feel this way, that if God is blessing me, then everything's going to be great, right? We think that way sometimes. Now, here's what I fully believe. I fully believe this, that if you're living according to God's word and you're living according to biblical principles, then you put yourself in a place where God can bless you not just spiritually but also physically. God's word says he wants to prosper us. He says he wants to bless us. But the bottom line is we might not always be in those places. 
And just because we don't have physical blessing, that does not mean that we're not spiritually blessed because the one is not necessarily evidence of the other. Does that make sense? Here's why. Stuff does not last, but salvation does. At some point, everything you have is going to fade away. Your health, your cash, relationships. There'll be challenges to all those things. Stuff does not last, but salvation does. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> Such a blessing. But, 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 my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Here's the bottom line. We like to think that if I'm following Jesus, the sun will shine every day. Things will always be perfect. I'll get a raise every other Friday. I'll look great and smell wonderful. Like, that's what we think, right? The bottom line is, friends, it's, it's going to rain. And probably in the middle of your parade. You're going to go to the mailbox. And some days there's unexpected bills. Truth is, winter's coming. And, oh, settle down. And, and... You might catch a head cold. Some of you are like, Pastor, don't you dare speak that sinus infection over my life. I, do, I don't receive that. Look, I didn't say it. Jesus did. Listen to this. John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Period. I'm glad he doesn't stop there. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So see this, there will be times when your physical prosperity might not match up to your spiritual blessings. But understand this, I'm not blessed because of what I have or what I experience. I'm not blessed because of it, I'm blessed in spite of it. <laughs> in spite of what I'm going through, in spite of what I'm facing. The truth is this, that in Christ Jesus, what I find is spiritual blessing that does not show that I'm blessed because of it. It shows that I'm blessed in spite of it, which then causes me to say this. If that's true, then in the midst of physical struggles, we live in our spiritual blessings. Even in the midst of the physical struggles of this life, relationships, health, finances, rain, whatever it is, in the midst of our physical struggles, we must remember that our real life is found in our spiritual blessings. Life's troubles do not take away the blessings that God gives to us. Isn't that true? In fact, actually, they, they, they amplify God's blessings for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In fact, Paul says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Some of you had a lousy Friday. I don't know what the story was. Might have been something with your family. Maybe you were at work and you were going through Friday on the job and it was a bad day on the job because of people or stuff or stress or whatever. But I guarantee you this, that there was a point on that frustrating Friday that you walked through and says, that's all right, Friday, because I got Saturday coming and it's a three-day weekend. <laughs> I'm looking on that. I'm holding out for that. 
I will take frustrating Friday because I got super Saturday on the other side of this thing. That's your perspective. You realize that what I'm facing right now has this on the other side of it. So I'll get through Saturday or Friday. Sometimes it's whatever it is for you. I don't know. But I'll get through, I'll get through Friday because I know I got Saturday. And then I got Sunday. And I know that 1130 on Sunday morning is the best time in my weekend. Amen? Yeah, some of you are lying, but it's just, but that's it, right? And then, and I got money. So you look forward to that. Now, here's the deal. You will face frustrating Fridays, but know that your spiritual blessings are an eternal Saturday that you have to look forward to, something you can hang on to, which then causes us to recognize this, that our view of spiritual blessings determines our perspective on physical things. Our view of spiritual blessings determines our perspective on physical things. Look, some of you are disappointed, you're frustrated, you're, you're, you're just all kind of just, uh, you're tensed up inside because you're so frustrated with the things that are going on in your physical world. And that's probably because in some way maybe you've forgotten about the spiritual blessings that you have. But if you will take time and focus on those spiritual blessings in Christ, it becomes a filter through which you see everything else around you. And if I know that I can rest in his peace and I can rest in his plan, even though I've done things that have veered me off of it and messed it up, if I know he's a God who's bigger than what I've done and that his joy and his peace and his hope are there, that his forgiveness covers me and his purpose for my life is something I can hang on to, then if I'll hold on to those spiritual blessings, it'll help me to navigate through these physical challenges that I have. But what happens to me, okay, is, is the times when I find myself the most selfish or frustrated or disappointed. I mean, I used to. Before I was a pastor, I used to. It doesn't happen anymore. Like, but the times when that would happen, like last week, well, the times when that happens is usually because I take my sights off of my spiritual blessings. Recognize this. You will be ungrateful for what is in your hands if heaven is not in your heart. You will be ungrateful for what is in your hands. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna disregard those things. You're gonna become frustrated with the good that you have in your hands if you don't start with heaven in your heart. So when you get frustrated with your health, when you when you get fed up with that job, when you have challenges in your relationship, when you struggle with your spouse, when you wrestle with that season that you're in, recognize this, you have to begin with a spiritual perspective on your blessings if you're gonna navigate those things that are in your hands. Does that make sense? Because that's how he's blessed us. But if we'll start with his spiritual blessings, it changes everything else around us. Three ways in which God blesses the believer. The first is this, we're blessed in another realm. The second thing is this, we're blessed in spiritual ways. And real quick, I just gotta give this to you real quick. Number three, we are blessed in Christ. We are blessed in Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, not because we're cool, not because we're good looking, but because we have that in Christ and if you look for it in any other place, you're just going to be frustrated. That, that's, that's why, Brandon, when you talked in that video about being baptized, that was such a powerful thing. Because that, that act of baptism says, look, I align myself with Jesus Christ. I align myself with what he can do and the difference that that makes in my life. We're going to baptize next week in our services. If you've not yet been baptized, I strongly encourage you. In line with God's word, do that. Follow through. Be baptized in water next week. You can find out more information. You can sign up online or you can stop by the, the, the event area back by the Connection Center and, and do that. 
But look, there's all kinds of voices in this world that are going to tell you what to do. And you've got to determine which one you're going to align yourself with. There's, there's three voices that I think I've grown to be very accustomed to that when I hear them, I tune into them. I, I hope that one of them is the Holy Spirit. One of them is my wife, Rhonda. And if you're an iPhone user, one of them is Siri, right? And first service, Pastor Bill was up here um, taking the offering and sharing announcements, and uh, all of a sudden, I heard that voice. I'm like, somebody's using Siri. I'm like, come on, people, this is church. And so I'm kind of listening, trying to figure out who's using Siri in church, and I realized I heard Siri's voice. It was coming from right back here. <laughs> Somehow, I, I like sat up in my seat, and when I did, I, like, I, don't, I don't know how to say it in church. Or I just kind of touched Siri, you know, in the process, and she's talking to me, and I'm confused. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in this whole thing, because there's always voices that are trying to get your attention. And at some point, you've got to say, where do I, where do I line that up? Because it's only in Christ that you're going to find these spiritual blessings. The things that you're looking for, you're not going to find them in any other way. The plan for your life is found in Christ. What did Matt say in that video? He said, I was lost and hopeless until. You're not going to find a plan for your life with outside of Jesus Christ. And you're not going to find fulfillment in your life. The fulfillment of your life is found in Christ. And that's so clear in the things that Brandon said about the difference that Jesus has made in his life. Because this is the bottom line. True life is found in Christ, and it's not found in any other place. So that's why Paul said to the church in Ephesus, praise be, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So that's what we're going to do today. Would you stand with me? And we are going to take just a few moments, and we're going to praise the Lord. And we're going to thank him for these spiritual blessings. And, and I just want to do this before we leave. And, 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 and as we do, I want to go back to something we said earlier, because some of you are experienced believers, and I hope today has been a bit of a wake-up call to say, look, I don't want to forget what Christ has done for me. And some of you are new believers. And there's something exciting in what God's doing in your life. He's stirring something in you. And I don't want you to forget it. I, I was privileged uh, two, two weeks ago. Matthew Ford, who's our, our high school pastor, uh, got married two weeks ago. They had, a, had an outdoor ceremony. It was, it was beautiful. There's like four days a year when the sky's actually blue in Toledo. They were one of them. And it was just, it was awesome. And, and I said to him, I says, guys, look, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop and look around. I want you to remember this day. Blue skies, you're deep in love. Because there'll be some day when it might not be like that in your marriage. Now, every day of my marriage has been like that. But for other people, it's not, it's not, Rhonda's so blessed. It's not always like that. Right? It's not always like that. So remember today. Look, when, when tough times come, we've talked about his spiritual blessings. I want you to remember today. Remember these promises. And look, the bottom line is for, for some of you, you'd say, well, look, I'm not a believer. I don't, I don't know what to do with any of this. Man, God doesn't make it hard at all. He says, if you'll call on the name of the Lord, if you'll look to him, if you'll say, Jesus, what I need is what you have. And so I give you what I have so you can give me what I need. And if you'll do that, then in the heavenly realms, these spiritual blessings that we're talking about, in Christ, he promises that they'll be yours. And it brings us to a point where we praise him.
And so that's how we're going to end. Aaron's going to lead us in this song that we sang today, Great Are You, Lord. And I want to challenge you in the heavenly realms. Would you let them hear us as we praise him for the spiritual blessings that he's given to us today? Aaron, would you lead us in this? And let's praise God and thank him for his greatness this morning as all the earth shouts his praise. Let's sing this together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms where where the battle takes place and where we're seated next to the one who rules over it all. We praise you in those heavenly realms we've received every spiritual blessing that God has for us. So we live in those things. We, we, We thank you for those things that are found in no other way and following no other voice and no other direction than Christ Jesus. So Lord, this week, would you help us to live in those things? And then as we do, that those things would be lived out in our lives. As we go from here, would you go with us? Lord, send us out with your special favor and your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.